So we are, we are finishing um, a series on Psalms. Um, so it's always weird, you know, when you come back, some of you have been here for a few weeks, some of you, uh, this will be the first one you're hearing at the end. Um, but I'm actually, um, I'm going to just highlight a few of the, the key points that, that, um, that others spoke about over the last few weeks. Um, I want to remind us, I think, of the core truths that, that God really wanted us to get from this series on Psalms. Um, it's, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I hope, I hope you have. Um, there's, been a, there's been an honesty and a reality in them which, which has really taken me by surprise, I think. Um, it's, been, it's been really powerful to, to prepare, if nothing else. Um, so... Um, it's so let me ask how many of you guys are here for the first time any first timers okay welcome (laughs) really good to have you guys here really honored to have Larry's daughter with us too and grandkids so um, so I'm, at the end of the sermon, I'm going to talk about Jesus. I guess that's always good in church, isn't it? Um, um, church, church can do a lot of things. Church can be a really nice social club um, where we can have people that we're close to and that we can do life together, and that's, and that's good. But that's not all that Jesus intended church to be. You know, and church can be a place where we come and we learn about living well and living morally and, and being you know, positive influences in our culture. And that's good, but that's not what Jesus intended church to be. Um, church is about us being together as a family um, with Jesus right in the middle of us and truly having him as a part of our lives and walking with us in every part of our lives. Um, and, and that's where I think he's, he's taking us is to really be pressing into that idea. And I'm, I'm going to talk about that at the end. Um, but even as I even as I speak, and, and I've I've got a little bit to say. I'm I'm hoping the Psalms are going to speak for themselves, even more than I'm going to speak. All right. So as we as we read these Psalms, and some of them are familiar, allow the Spirit to stir your hearts. All right. Allow Jesus to speak to you. So the first thing. The first thing, and. Um, Nicholas talked about this really well. Nicholas Hines um, was praise. Um, and for those who are here, we had a great time because Nicholas made us do all sorts of things that may otherwise make us uncomfortable. Um, but it was a lot of fun. You know, we, we had to move our bodies a bit more. We had to do other things. We had to relax a bit, not be so serious. Um, and... You know, we, the, the Psalms are so rich, they're so full of praise. Almost every Psalm includes praise of God, and it's praise for God's nature and for His character, uh, and it's praise for the wonders of His hands, and, it's, and there's praise for His faithfulness, and there's praise for, for the testimonies of His working in our lives. They are so full of praise. Psalm 100 says this, Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. 
Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Now, as a, as a church, we love to worship. Um, it's, I normally have to tell the worship team to stop singing for so long. You know, they're just like, they would go for three hours, you know, if we let them. Uh, that's a really good problem to have, you know. Um, the, we, we love to worship, and we, we, we know Scripture says that God inhabits the praises of His people. I think that's Psalm 22, verse 3. Um, when we worship Him in, in, in spirit and in truth, as Matt said, it attracts His attention. And, and true worship can only allow our hearts to be humble before Him. You can't worship something truly and be arrogant towards it or be proud towards it. God is God, and if we worship Him in spirit and in truth, we, we realize His awe. And we, we, might, and we realize our sinfulness and our brokenness. I love um, there's this line, I think it's in Job 41, and I'm going to paraf- paraphrase Job, where you know, he's had this, all these conversations with God, and God's reprimanded him, and he says, you know, I've, I've, I've heard of you. I'm going to paraphrase Job. He says, I've heard of you, but now I've seen you, and I am sinful. And it's in that seeing. Job, this righteous man that, that God praised, had only ever heard of God, had heard about him, and that was enough for him. But when he saw God, all of the perfection that he thought he had, all the morality that he thought he had was just gone because of the glory of God that he saw. When we see God in worship, it humbles us. And worship is obviously also, it's a form of intercession. Um, on, on Friday nights, um, Dawn is leading teams here. Where is Dawn? Is it every Friday? Every Friday. If you... If you're wanting to become more free in your worship, um, then come to those Friday night sessions because you can do whatever you want, okay? Just worship. Just worship and intercede. You can be in another part of the church and you can just be on your face uh, and, and, and praying. You can, be at the, you can be at the front worshiping, whatever, but it's just free. Come and worship Him and come and intercede over this body and over this community and over this country. I've asked Joe to come and read Psalm 2. Do you want to come read this one for me, bud? Don't grab that microphone. His accent is better than mine, so. (laughs) Well, the second psalm, sorry. Psalm 111. Praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. The works of the Lord are great, studied by all who pleasure in him. His work is honorable and glorious, and his righteousness endures forever. He has made his wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Amen. Thanks, Joe. Psalm 103. I'm going to skip through because it's quite long. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, 
heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers of his who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Guys, I want to encourage us in this season um, with COVID and all the other weird stuff that's going on and, and difficult things going on and the political season that we're going to be going into as a country, spend more time in worship, please. Spend more time in worship. It cleanses the soul. It lifts the heart and the spirit. Give God space to move. And, you know, and I'll talk about this more in pro probably in two weeks. Um, be free in your worship. And if that's hard in public, then get in private and just let your heart worship him. All right, so the first thing is praise. The second thing that we, we saw over and over again in, 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 um, in the Psalms is vulnerability and, and trust that is rooted in difficulty. Okay, hope that is rooted in difficulty, not in perfect lives. The Psalms are so full, you know, there's so many Psalms where David is crying out because there are people that are assailing him. And, and sometimes he knows he's done something wrong. Other times it's just like, this, this is just the evil of man and they're coming against me. And Lord, I'm your elect, I'm your king, where are you? The Psalms show us that life is not easy. They reveal the sin of man, the schemes of man. Right? They reveal evil. But they also reveal the psalmist's cry and the psalmist's hope in God. That, Lord, you are with me. You are with me. But the part I really wanted to talk about now, and Matt you know, talked about vulnerability and brokenness. Um, that um, David is such a great example. It's, just, it's, it's, it's so weird that you have this book in, in the Bible. We have the greatest king of Israel. And you just see his weakness after weakness after weakness and his brokenness and his vulnerability. I wish, um, I wish I found it as hard you know, to wear a mask as he seemed to. He, um, he just lets everything show. He's vulnerable. And this is a king writing psalms that would then be sung by his people. I'm not sure what political leader you can think of that models that humility and vulnerability. And so in talking about vulnerability and what we see in the Psalms, I, I, I really believe the Lord is, is calling us again as we come into college life again, and those of us you know, in our normal lives, um, to be willing to let the masks slip, okay, those religious masks that we put on to show that we are striving for holiness, you know, and by our works, we will be redeemed. Please be holy. Please make good decisions. But only Jesus is going to redeem us, okay? Not our works. In Psalm 51, David said, For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. These are gods you will not despise. Now the Psalms, they just call us to this position. David calls us, yeah, will, we just, will we have a contrite heart? Will we go to the Lord and say, I'm sorry? You know, and unlike David, we don't have to wear sackcloth and ashes. We don't have to be visited by a prophet. We don't have to have all these other things happen. We can just go to Jesus on our knees and say, Lord, forgive me. 
and we can know beyond all doubt that his blood covers us and we are forgiven. That we are not forgiven if we will not go to him and ask for it. It's such an easy thing. He will not despise a contrite heart. Hendrik spoke so wonderfully last week. Unfortunately, I had to watch it later, but I loved what he said about um, being childlike. Being willing to trust God with the answers that we we don't, or the things we don't understand, where we don't get the answers that we want. Will we be childlike and will we trust in him? Will we be vulnerable and let him be in charge? And it's a vulnerability, that second thing, and, and, and trust that we can get into this, the third thing I wanted to speak about. And that is intimacy. Psalm 139. Again, guys, I know we know this one so well, but let the words seep into your soul. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts are far off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it's all together. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. There's so many things, so many verses in this psalm. This part of the psalm, which are just incredible. And the one that really struck me this time where I was reading it um, was in verse 5, where he says, you laid your hand upon me. Um, I don't know, it was a kind of a dad image, I guess, because David talks about being hedged in, and you can imagine God kind of putting a barrier around us or a shield around us. But it's a father who lays a hand, that hand of comfort that says, I'm with you. You've got this. We're together in this. You cannot escape me. And as I, when I get toward the finish and I talk about Jesus, I want you to remember these, these words, this intimacy of God's presence with us. Now, we cannot escape him. We cannot escape him. We can pretend, I guess, that he's not there. But we can't escape him. And note too, the, the, the end of these end verses as well, just to go back to the idea of trusting him in difficulty, that even when we're in darkness, his light will shine. And even more so that in darkness, we may experience more of his light than we do otherwise. So my th- third challenge, and this obviously goes with praise, is um, pursue Intimacy. Okay, pursue intimacy with God. Um, Obviously, there's like three sermons in that statement alone. Um, Bear with me. Um, Hopefully, it'll make a little bit more sense tonight at least. But pursue intimacy as best as you can. 
All right, so the last thing I'm going to talk about is Jesus. Okay, yeah, yay, yes. <laughs> so, um, Jesus um, is a person. And um, religion wants you to think that Jesus is a good idea. And Satan wants you to think that Jesus is just an idea. Around which you may be able to live your lives and structure your lives. Or something. Okay? But Jesus is a person. He is the living God. Amen. He is the king above all kings. And in this next season, I believe that Jesus wants us to really grasp what it means that he is a person. Um, occasionally, uh, I talk about Smith Wigglesworth. Um, how many of you have read any of his sermons or his life story? Or Okay. So some good reading for you guys to do. All right. He's a little crazy when you first start reading his stuff. Okay. But um, he... Well, there's so much to like about Smith Wigglesworth, but um, I just I see his friendship with God is incredible. Okay, and there's just so many stories about him. His ability to be in God's presence was unlike anything that I've seen in any other person. Um, it's like you know, it's like what you, what we see with Moses, just being in God's presence. Um, but Smith, he was famous for some kind of strange prayer techniques, but I won't talk about those. Um, but the one I am going to talk about is. Um, the man's patience and his, the, 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 the stories that some people tell about the healings that, that Jesus worked through him where he would go to a sick person's bed, bedroom they'd be lying you know, comatose in their bed or really sick and he would spend hours and hours he'd spend a whole night praying just seeking Jesus the stories are when he, would just, he wouldn't pray anything except Jesus he would just say Jesus' name That's, that was his prayer the simplest prayer you can pray Jesus and, I, and <laughs> there's one great one where he, he says, you know, he's sitting there, he's praying, I don't know, I think it's like three o'clock in the morning, and he looks up and he sees Jesus in the window. And he says, cool, it's done. And he gets up and leaves. He hasn't, you know, he just gets up and leaves. And of course, the next day, he finds out that the person was healed. And he said, well, why didn't you stay? He's like, well, Jesus showed up. Like, that's all I can do. Like, I, they don't need me anymore. They, the person of Jesus came into the room. And often it's the Holy Spirit that comes into the room. And sometimes you would literally see Jesus. Jesus is a person. And he deserves our praise. Psalm 22, one of the great Psalms of David. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Jesus deserves our praise. He deserves our vulnerability. He, he, he deserves all of us. And, you know, all of the praise psalms, we see Jesus in them. We see Jesus in the, in the psalms, the praise of creation the wondrous works of God. We see Jesus in this. But what's so astounding about the Psalms is when we um, turn to the Psalm that Jesus quoted, um, I think, the most. 
These were his words. Well, obviously, <laughs> words by David, but words that Jesus himself spoke. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? My God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear, and in the night season, and I am not silent. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have surrounded me, strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They gape at me with their mouths like a raging and roaring lion. I am poured, poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It has melted within me. My strength is dried up like a pot shirt, and my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death. And this is the, this is the, the crazy, astounding, incredible, wonderful thing about our God. This, we have all of these psalms, dozens and dozens of psalms that talk of God's glory and his greatness. And then we have this psalm which David wrote, which is about Jesus' crucifixion. And we have this, this incredible reality that Jesus, when he decided to become a person and come to earth, he didn't come as a king, but he came willing to die, ready to die, planning to die for us, planning to be cut off from his father, which had never happened for all of eternity. Why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? He chose to be cut off so that his father would become our father. And this is the Jesus that we worship. In death, he becomes our life. And so, you know, even as we, we read these, we, uh, we've read Psalms of, of suffering and we've talked about Psalms of lament and we see the difficulties of life, we have in the Psalms this truth, this great truth that Jesus knows what it is to suffer. He knows what it is to die. And he did it in order that we would have his presence. and we would get to know him. A few nights, um, a few nights ago, dreams are strange things. I don't often share dreams. I really wait for them to really be clear that they're from God before I share them. Um, let's be honest, some, people, some people's dreams are really boring, okay? You like, like a 10 minute retelling of a dream and there's like maybe one interesting thing in it. But, um, <laughs> I had a really quick dream. It was a dream within a dream. Um, in the dream, I was dreaming. And in the dream within the dream, Jesus came to me. And he said, tell my people not to fear. Tell my people not to fear. And I know when Jesus repeats things, he means them. And I woke up immediately and I thought, I better preach on fear. And he said, no, <laughs> just tell them. Tell my people not to fear. Um, many of you um, may live idyllic lives. I pray that that is true. Um, more likely, many of you have experienced some craziness in this past week. Um, more often than not, the more imminent Jesus becomes, the more life starts to feel like um, there's a whole bunch of hornets flying around you trying to sting you and all manner of things start to go wrong. It's just the nature of the spiritual world. Um, 
And obviously we've got COVID, you know, and that changes things. So even getting students into a classroom is stressful, for goodness sake, you know, something you take for granted. Um, but this week, um, day after day after day, there's been some real challenges. Um, and it's like every one of those hornets is trying to steal your peace, trying to take your attention off of God. You've been in that place where like, you might get half an hour, we can really press into God's presence, but then your mind is all over the place and your heart's all over the place, and you're just like, even that time, you just can't connect with Him. And that's what this week has felt like. Um, and <laughs> I keep coming back to those words in that dream do not fear. Do not fear. Over the, over the next few, as I said, over the next few months, I don't know how long it's going to take. It's Jesus, so it could take forever. But we, we're going to just press into more what it means to know him as a person, as a real, personal God. Um, and we're not going to do it in a way of striving, okay? As is our want to strive We're going to choose to rest, and we're going to choose to seek him. I love the Psalm of David. It's quite a weird one. 131. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I concern myself with great matters, nor with things too profound for me. Strange words for a king. Surely I've calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. No Israel hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. And I felt like the Lord was saying, rest in my presence. Seek me. Get to know me. Rest like a weaned child will rest on his mother's lap or her mother's lap. He wants to go from being an idea to being tangible. Okay. I was really blessed um, on Monday. A few of us, uh, the leaders of Kingdom Life, gathered at Dina's house, and um, something she'd been wanting to pray for us for a couple of months. The Lord um, was on asked her to pray for us, and it's a long story, but um, there are times that we just need Jesus to walk into the room. And that was one of those times. Um, and he just cleared up a whole lot of mess, broke off a whole lot of rubbish. And it was glorious. Because it had been a while since I'd felt Jesus walk into a room in that way. So this psalm, to finish, and then I'm going to pray, this psalm is summing up where we're going. One that we've had already in this series. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied 
as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Psalm 63. We're going to seek the living water that Christ has offered to us. Okay, we're going to seek the person of Jesus. Um, we're going to have a final worship song, Dawn, if you guys want to come up. Um, um, let's pray together. And I know I almost always, actually I do always ask you to stand, but just sit, okay, this time. This time just sit, because I want you to rest in this prayer. I know, controversial. Okay. But just sit, and let's pray together. Um, I... Um, well, let's just pray, and then let's see what the Holy Spirit says. Jesus, the, um, well, the obvious thing to pray and to lift up to you, Lord, is that we want to see more of you, and we want to have more of your presence in our lives. Lord, I pray that you will grant us more of your spirit, that you would draw our hearts into worship, Holy Spirit. Draw us into worship of our King. And Lord, teach us to be vulnerable. Teach us the power of vulnerability before you, Lord, and before each other. Show us what you can do when we're willing to give up everything. Lord, sometimes we might wonder how to do this. And I, I, I ask, Lord, in grace and in mercy that you will make this simple, that you will just ask us to say yes, Lord, and that you will start to move, that we can rest like a child in our parents' lap, and you will lead us. Jesus, you keep, you keep saying to me that I'm imminent. I'm imminent. I'm here. Lord, I pray that you would start to move, that you would start to reveal yourself in dreams, that you'll start to reveal yourself as, as, as your children here read your word, as, as they worship, Lord. Let them encounter you in new ways. And I, I believe that there are some people here, um, and so I just, I just want to speak this out, and if this applies to you, please come and get prayer at the end with one of the prayer teams. In Scripture, we're told that Jesus stands at the door and he knocks. That's not an idea knocking. That's not a theory knocking. That is Jesus knocking, standing, asking to come in. And I, and I think there's, a, there's just one or two people here who maybe you've forgotten where the door is. Maybe you've, you've thrown so many bolts and latches across that door. You've brought up so, much de- so many defenses. But he's there and he's knocking. And if you listen, you'll hear where that knock's coming from. You'll see where the door is. And if you've put bolts across the door, start to unlatch them. 
So I'll unlatch them as we worship in this final song. And just say, Jesus, yes, come in. Throw, throw wide the doors. Let the King of glory come in, guys. Let the King of glory come in. So Jesus, we, we throw open the doors of our hearts. We throw open the doors of our lives. We throw open the doors of this church, Lord. And we ask you, come in. Reveal yourself, Jesus, more of yourself to us. And we give you all glory and praise and honor, Jesus, that are due to your name. King of kings, Lord of lords. We love you. Amen. Let's worship, guys.
Would you all mind standing for a little bit? I just feel like there's just a it, more. There's just more.
We 